Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, and this is the Weekly Refresh. Being that it is Valentine's Day, my wife told me I should make the Weekly Refresh about love. So, because I love my wife, and because listening is love, I'm going to love her by listening to her and encourage you with the love of God today. God loves you. This is the most repeated biblical truth that we spread throughout the world. All believers know this. So it's not a novel idea, but it is incredibly important and fundamentally valuable to our experience and to our redemption in Christ, and also to our romantic relationships. In Romans 5, 6-8, through 8, Paul writes, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The contrast of this text reveals that God's love supersedes our absence of love for him. Though we do not love him, he chose to love us. Paul says that when we experienced God's love, it was at a time when we were weak and when we were still sinners. The word weak is also used in 1 Corinthians 8-7, where Paul is explaining the lack of knowledge that produces a morally weak mind. The Greek lexicon describes this word like this, of a weakness in faith which, through a lack of advanced knowledge, considers externals of the greatest importance. Meaning, due to a lack of knowledge of the truths of Scripture and the nature of God and of man, the weak submit themselves to sin, oftentimes unknowingly. We may excuse their sin due to their ignorance, but sin is still sin. If you do not spot the speed limit sign on the side of the road, the police officer isn't going to cut you any slack due to ignorance. Our laws specifically state that ignorance is not an excuse for breaking the law. We are required to know the law as citizens. So also, as citizens of heaven, we are required to know God's rules, commands, directions, instructions, and laws. So when we break his rules due to a lack of knowledge, it reveals that we are intellectually weak, making us morally weak, leading us into sin. That weakness is the same idea that Paul is conveying in Romans 5, that we were in complete lack of knowledge about the perfect nature of God expressed in all of his holy attributes and characteristics, and also lacking in knowledge of our own sinful nature. This caused us to be morally corrupt, and that moral corruption exposed our sinful nature. It was in that state of complete ignorance to the truth of our own wickedness and the goodness of God displayed in Christ that God showed us his love. He showed us his love by not overlooking our weakness and sinfulness, but by conquering it through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We did not deserve it, but because God loved us, despite our ignorance of his love and his goodness, he chose to pour out his love onto us anyways, to magnify his grace and mercy as a means of exalting his glory in Jesus. And in doing so, he captures our hearts and minds through Christ so that we would reflect back to him that very glory he deserves for saving us while we were spiritually dead. So, why does God do this? Why does God show us his love in such a sacrificial and merciful way despite us not deserving his love? There are many ways to answer that question, such as to say it glorifies him. That is true, but why does it glorify him? Because it is his nature. 
We only know what love is because our creator is love and he shared his nature with us in this world. So we all get to experience some form of love in life, whether we are a believer or unbeliever. Love is an essential part of all human life. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. Our awareness of love, our natural ability to love, and our natural inclination to love is all a product of being created in his image and in his likeness. When God pours out his spirit onto us, we experience his love in a newly profound way that redeems us into a completely different trajectory in this life with the final destination of eternal love experienced as perfected joy. He does this for us out of love so that we could spend the rest of eternity enjoying his love. And in our enjoyment of the presence of his perfect love, we will be perfectly satisfied, and thus God will be perfectly glorified in us. For the sake of his glory, he loves us so that we may also love him. So, he loves us for his glory. But his glory is simply an expression of his holy nature, meaning it is God's nature to love, even though it is his sovereign will in his perfect election that determines who receives his perfected love in Christ. This is God's nature, to be love and to show that he is love by loving imperfect people perfectly so as to make us perfect so that we could perfectly enjoy his perfect love that is perfected in us by his spirit, who is the love of God. And Paul just told us in Romans 5, 8, that God poured out his love into us. And that which he pours into us is his spirit, who is his love. And the spirit, or the love of God, perfects us as he operates himself in us and through us to perfect us, not only so we could enjoy his love, but so that we also could love well. So again, how do we answer this question of why does God show us his love in such a meaningful way though we do not deserve it? So that we would know that he is God. So that we would know that there is no other like him. Meaning so that God would show us his true nature and in doing so he is glorified as his true nature satisfies us in love. In Deuteronomy 4, 36-39, we find these words about why God had redeemed his people out of Egypt. Out of Egypt, he let you hear his voice, that he might discipline you. And on earth, he let you see his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers and chose their offspring after them, and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than yourselves to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no other. There is no other. That is the point of his love. God's love is the source of all love. So any experience of love is a gift from the only one who can say that there is no other. God showed Israel his love for them as an expression of his continued faithfulness to his promise to their forefathers 
to love all the generations from Abraham, including the church that has been grafted into God's loved family. Israel rebelled and sinned continuously after God freed them from Egyptian slavery, so God disciplined them. But Deuteronomy 4 shows us that his discipline was an act of love, to purify his people so that they could better experience his love and therefore love him back. Hebrews 12.6 confirms for us that God's discipline is God's love. So God disciplined Israel so that they would be refined into better love for God. And all of that served an even greater purpose, that God's people would know that the Lord is God, that there is no other. Essentially, that his name would be made famous and his glory would be magnified. Keep in mind that God freeing Israel from Egyptian slavery is an image of the redemption of the church. For many, uh, many of the Old Testament historical accounts are foreshadowing the new covenant that God makes with us in Jesus. So we can just as easily apply these same principles to our relationship with God. We need not be Old Testament Israel to receive God's love in this way. For God has now loved us in Christ in such a way that with him pouring his love into us by his spirit, we now contain within us the very love of God in the third person of God. And he does this not so that we would find ourselves to be special, but so that we would see him and know him for who he truly is. God, there is no other. Even in God's love toward us, a love that is almost unimaginably unexplainable, he does it for the magnification of himself because he alone is worthy of such glory. Now, Valentine's Day is a day when we are focused on romantic love. The Greek word in scripture for romantic love is eros, whereas God's love for us in the Greek is the Greek word agape, which means perfect love. Those are two different kinds of love, but they come from the same source. And as we stated before, we love because he first loved us. So this Valentine's Day, love your spouse with as much romantic love as you can, but do it as a means to show them God's perfect love. There is no greater way to love someone than to lead them to and point them to the ultimate and only source of true love, God. So show your significant other as much love as you can today so that they would see the love of God because there is no other who loves like him.